Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Let's Talk Parks. Thanks for joining us. It is the end of the year. We have survived 2020, and we are so grateful for all of you who have tuned in this season. For those of you who have come onto the podcast and shared your stories and your ideas and your vision for the future of Parks and Rec, it has been amazing. We have had so many new listeners and so many people reach out to us and tell us how wonderful the podcast is. And to that, we say thank you. And um, thank you guys for all being involved. And this episode is really about reflecting back on 2020. And I'm going to do an episode with both Marissa, who is joining me today and with Anthony, because we have very different perspectives in different years. Um, and I think it's going to be really interesting to talk through some of those challenges, but also some of the things that made this year really memorable as well. And, um, Marissa and I actually did an episode back in season one, which was episode 28 about women in the workforce and how we hold each other back. And I think it would be really interesting if you wanted to go back and listen to that episode, because we talk about the challenges that occur when you are a working mom, um, and just as women in general in the workforce. And so today I want to kind of come full circle with that, knowing how many challenges that have come up, um, this year and trying to balance it all. And so we've got a couple of different questions that we're going to work through and just have a conversation around. So thank you for, coming back. And it's fun just to have a conversation with you today, Marissa. Thanks for having me back. And thank you so much for inviting me to help with the show this year. I've made so many amazing connections with others in our field, especially those that I've interviewed, but also those that I haven't interviewed. I've been really fortunate that so many people have reached out to me to make new connections and I've been able to help so many more people and get help from those people too. So this has been an amazing experience. That's amazing to hear. And I'm, it has been so rewarding to work with you and to have your perspective and ideas and, um, your level of networking and expertise in the field has been really appreciated. And, and it's also been nice just to collaborate frequently with another female in parks and rec. Um, and so I've appreciated your friendship through all this too. Ah, thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Um, all right. So let's talk about what, what went well this year, 2020, what went well? (laughs) Oh man. Well, I feel like most people could look back at this year and say that it was awful. Like everyone uses the term dumpster fire and yeah, for sure. It definitely was when you take a look at the big picture, you take a look at the world in general and our country, but I like to take a more optimistic view about everything, or at least for this year. And those that know me on a personal level, like my family and really close friends, typically I'm kind of a pessimistic person. But I think that what has gotten me through 2020 is looking at things in a positive light. Like I got to spend 12 weeks with my kids. I haven't had that kind of one-on-one time with them since my maternity leaves. So for me, it was kind of like a bonus maternity leave. I've also made a lot of new friends, especially with moms in my area. 
I think that virtual learning has thrown all of us a giant curveball, and we've really had to lean on each other for support. There's days that we just vent to each other about how frustrated we are, how our children are acting out. Where is this paper? Was it pajama day? Things like that. So I've been really fortunate that I've been able to connect with other moms in our neighborhood and really form those friendships. And I think that it's, you know, also helped the friendships for my son. So also time outside. I feel like because of the pandemic and not being able to do certain things inside, like normally we would go to trampoline parks or like the Chick-fil-A play place and the McDonald's play place and a lot of other different indoor activities that forced us to go outside. And you would think with me being in the field of parks and recreation that I would be huge on going outside. But for me, sometimes it's easier to just bring my kids to those organized activities where they can do something inside. So it's really pushed us to go outside. And I think that it was great for all of us and our moods. So we went to Door County, we went to the Boundary Waters, Seven Bridges, we went to several different forest preserves. We did plogging, which is where you pick up trash while you go for walks. And so even to this day, you know, that was months ago during the beginning of the pandemic that my kids and I were plogging. We, my kids still ask to go pick up trash. So I love that I've been able to teach them that. And we've kind of started a new habit. Um, this podcast has been something great that's come out of this year. I wouldn't say that the pandemic is what pushed me to do it. I think it's just kind of coincidence and stars aligning, but it's something great that's come out of this year. Um, our community also does this thing called Monday rocks where you paint rocks, you hide them around town and people tag them on Facebook. So that's been super fun zooming with my seniors. Like I didn't think that it would be possible to get seniors to, adapt to our virtual platform and our new way of life, but they have been awesome. So I've loved spending hours and hours each week calling bingo, doing brain games with them, leading them in some stretches and things like that. And then lastly, connecting with coworkers that I normally wouldn't. So an example, like our aquatics manager, she and I didn't really know each other. She was hired in December, so we didn't really have a chance to get to know each other. But then this summer, because I have an aquatics background, our superintendent asked me to assist her. Um, so that was really cool. And she and I actually got really close during that time and really realized how much we have in common. So there's been some great relationships that has that have come out of this for work, too. Nice. I'm impressed by the amount of relationships that you've been able to cultivate during this time, because that's actually been one of the things that has been most challenging for me is meeting new people, meeting new, you know, moms in the area. And then also like having good relationships with people. Cause it's so hard when you're on a screen to like make that a social fun time instead of just always thinking about work. I totally agree. Especially I feel like you, you have like, I think your son just turned one. Yeah. I feel like that is the hardest time to make mom friends because everyone is still kind of so caught up on different things, like whether your baby's formula fed or breastfed and are you doing organic and are you doing different activities with your kid? Are they going to, you know, certain things? So I feel like unfortunately you're in like one of the hardest times of motherhood. It's 
probably one of the loneliest. So especially because you're not making connections based on your kids being friends, like the moms that I've connected with, we've connected because our friends became, or our kids became friends during camp this summer. So, you know, my son would come home and say, Hey, can you, can we play with Thomas or can we play with Declan? And so I'd reach out to their moms on Facebook and say, Hey, Ronnie wants to have a play date with your son. So that's how we built connections. You don't really have, your son can't really say, Hey, I met this cute little girl at, you know, whatever at the park. Can we play with her later? So it's, it's hard. I feel like you're really in one of the hardest times of being a mom, but it does get better. It does get easier. Like I said, when he starts going to school or daycare or something like that, it'll kind of push you to get out there. But this is definitely a really challenging time for first time moms. Oh, for sure. And I think from those that I have heard from, it's like this feeling of just loneliness, but then like, there's nothing that you can really do do about that loneliness. Like if times were normal, I could get in a Facebook group for my neighborhood or my city and reach out and say, Hey, do you want to do a play date? Or, you know, do you even want to get dinner together? Like I met somebody great at the playground a couple of months ago, but then it's like, you have to be outside in order for you to meet up with them. And, you know, there's just like all these different questions around other people's comfort levels and what are you comfortable with and who have they been around? And so I think it adds that additional stress to, you know, just the simple things of meeting one another. But if I can tie this back into what went well, or, you know, what are we potentially learning from the situation is that it's the, you know, we need other people in our lives and like raising kids, it takes a village and we need to be able to rely on others in our community to help us. And there's definitely nothing wrong with asking for help. And so, um, that's certainly something that I'm writing down and trying to remember is like, you, you can't, and you shouldn't be expected to do this alone. No. Oh my gosh. Yes. I feel like the pandemic has definitely opened everyone's eyes to how much of a village it does take. And like you said, I mean, really so far, all of our play dates have been outside. I think we've had one indoor play date with one other kid and it was one of these, you know, like, are you comfortable with it? How do you feel about it? I figured his mom is a nurse at the local hospital. So she's probably taking crazy precautions. She was the one who invited us over. So I figured, okay, it's probably safe. Um, but I, I feel like, yeah, it's, it's extremely hard. And now that winter, especially here in Illinois in the Chicago area, it's stinking cold. I mean, it's like 20 degrees today. So do I really want to bring my son to the park to go meet up with his friends? Not really, but will I throw on some long underwear and my winter jacket and, you know, basically bundle us up like marshmallows to go have those experiences with other people for sure. So I think we will have some of those this winter. We're all really hoping for some snow here so that we can go sledding and build snowmen and do some of those cool Midwest outdoor activities together. But it's, it's hard, even without a pandemic, it is hard to develop those relationships. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Which comes back to the importance of parks and rec always, because we are the glue that holds our community members together. And that's why those programs are so important. Um, of course, we're always going to come back to that. So, but I want to keep talking about, you know, what went well, and you were talking about the podcast and I just like have to share how, like how 
wonderful it has been to, I think we did almost 30 episodes this season. Um, that's just about every week, um, from the middle of summer until the very end of November and that type of thing for me, that consistency shows that number one, again, coming back to, you know, not feeling like you have to do this alone when this podcast was just Becky talks parks, it kind of felt like everything was on my shoulders, right? Unnecessarily. So why is this, why is this podcast named after me? This is not, this is about all of us in the field of parks and rec. And it has been just the most rewarding experience to have you and Anthony join the team to get the word out and to let others really take ownership of this project. It's been, um, it's been really rewarding in that way. And, you know, and I hope, you know, the next thing I want to talk about is like, what do we want to do into the future? I want, I want more people to feel ownership of Let's Talk Parks. I want this to be a community for all of us to come together and really to share, you know, what the honesty that comes with working in a government job in local parks and rec, it is not easy y'all like it is not easy. And I think that there has to be a safe place to come together for people who care and to just encourage one another and to, you know, share your best ideas, share what's working well and, you know, have a place to kind of come home to. So that is what I really want to continue into the future. I totally agree with making sure that Let's Talk Parks is much more of a community in the future. I think we're getting there. I think we're very close, but I think like the Women in Parks and Rec group on Facebook is awesome. We share ideas, we kind of vent to each other, but I think that maybe having a space where you know, we can bounce ideas off each other, get some advice is great. Um, Something that I want to continue in the future is probably like more time outside, Um, making sure that my kids spend more time outside too. I feel like, like I said earlier, it's just so easy to take your kids to a trampoline park or a play place or I don't know, just some of these really, and those are considered recreation too. Don't get me wrong. But I just noticed how different my kids were when we had time outside. Um, but it can sometimes be a project when you bring your kids outside, making sure like they've got bug spray on, they're wearing the appropriate clothing, that we've got snacks, we've got water, that they're, you know, everything is kind of a project. Like, all right, do we need to bring a wagon with us so that when they start to, you know, get tired, I've got some place to put them in, but really getting them outside. Um, I think just the sense of community is also something that I want to continue in the future. I think that I'm fortunate to live in a town where we are very much community focused. I didn't realize that when we moved here, how close everyone is and how much each business relies on the community and, you know, the regulars and things like that. I mean, it's a town of 30,000 people, so you wouldn't think so, but how close we've all come together, this whole Monday rocks, um, fad that we're all kind of doing right now. So I really want to continue this really close sense of community. I've gotten to know my neighbors so much better during this, um, especially the family that lives across the street. So just maintaining those relationships, I want to, again, with the podcast, making sure that I maintain relationships with all the people that I've interviewed with all the people that have reached out to me for, advice and assistance and 
things like that, but also making sure that I remember how important it is to have community and to have friends and people close by that you can lean on and that are going through the same thing as you. Yes. Um, I think that one of the best things that we can do is like to make a come or at least this is in my mind to make a commitment to like, to nurturing those relationships. Um, I think that for, for me, one of the things that I did is I overextended myself. Like I set way too high of expectations and like, I was even conscious of those expectations, but like, you know, thinking that I could do it all with a newborn, I don't know what I was thinking. I just like, I think as moms, we have this idea is like that we have to be super mom. We have to be, at all times be balancing work, family life, you know, community builder. Um, and it's just not possible. And I feel like this year kind of exposed the fact that we can't be everything to everyone. And we sometimes have to pick and choose what we're going to prioritize. And honestly, at sometimes at the expense of other things dropping and just kind of falling, falling off. And so, you know, I would love to hear more about what things happened in your life that maybe didn't go as planned. Um, and that, you know, maybe some things that you learned from that. Oh my goodness. Yes. So I'm sure several of you have seen me post things on our Instagram page about the whole theory about glass balls and plastic balls and how, you know, those and each week they're going to change. So, you know, one week, something might be a plastic ball to you. It might be something that can fall, you know, like something that, you know, maybe I told my kids we'll bake cookies or we'll go for a walk or we're going to go visit something. Um, and to me that week, it might be a plastic ball or it might be a glass ball and same with work. You know, I might make a commitment to attend a meeting or, to help out with a project. And so you just kind of have to evaluate each day and each week and each hour, what is a glass ball and what is a plastic ball. And I think that this year has really been eye-opening for me and knowing that, knowing that I can't be all things to everybody. I'm going to have to pick and choose. Like you were saying earlier, I, the last six years of my son's life, I have felt like I have to be super mom and that I have to make these amazing experiences for my kids, as well as being an amazing professional and climbing up the ladder and doing all of that, you know, having it all. No, it's not possible. It, it's not going to happen. So I think what made me realize this year, um, a, I'm like a completely routine person. Like I have to have, I have to do the same things every morning down to my shower, like the order in which I wash my hair, wash my face, wash my body, condition my hair. If I don't do it in the same order, I am a basket case. So I am an extremely routine person. And I feel that this year has taught me that I have to learn how to pivot. I have to learn how to be adaptable. I have to be able to change my plans at the drop of a hat. You know, it might be that we had plans to go to a play date. And even though it's outside, like, okay, I noticed that one of us isn't feeling well, or one of us is sniffling or something like that. Okay. It's okay to cancel that play date. I don't have to still bring my kids. I don't 
you know, I think this has kind of exposed everyone to it's okay. Like it's okay to put yourself first and it's okay to protect other people. Um, I, I, to me, this year was a year of kind of originally when I went into 2020, it was kind of a maintenance year. It was a year to just kind of maintain who I was and what I was doing. I was new to my position here at the Mundelein Park District. And so I was, I had all these plans to change the program, to improve it, to make it better. And obviously COVID got in the way. I had all these cute little barbecues planned, um, activities, parties, things like that, that obviously they couldn't happen in person. And each week I had to learn what my seniors were comfortable with and what they weren't comfortable with. So I think that that's something that didn't go as planned that I didn't enjoy. Um, but again, it kind of helped me grow as a person. And the last thing that I really have not enjoyed this year is virtual learning. I'm just going to plug that right here as mom. Um, I think it was fine in the spring when we were shut down. I feel like it was actually really good for my son in the spring. We worked on sight words. I really had a good chance to experience what he was learning and get a firsthand look at it because, you know, normally they're at school six hours a day and you have no idea what they've learned that day, especially as a five or six year old. When he comes home from school, I'd say, Hey, how was your day? What did you learn? And he just shrugs his shoulders. At least now I'm able to kind of see what he does and what he's learning. But at the same time, now, now that I'm back at work and he's back in school, but he's virtually virtually learning it is a giant juggling act. It is who can be with him, whether it's me or my husband, um, who can assist him. I mean, it's just, and even though we can see exactly what he's doing each day, I think sometimes that's actually more frustrating now. You know, before in the spring, it was just videos that we had to watch and it was assignments that we had to post. Now it's like watching the classroom and what they do and being frustrated at the pace in which they learn and things like that. So I think that something that I've definitely not enjoyed, at least this fall, has been virtual learning. I know that it's for the safety of everyone, but it's definitely been something that has tested me as a individual and as a parent. That actually sounds impossible. Like, I don't, how are you it is. managing the logistics of that? I, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I... Our senior center was open for a month. It was open from, I think, like October 12th to November 13th um, before the state of Illinois kind of shut things down again. So during that time, I would say it was the absolute hardest because I had to start being in my building every day and leaving it, leaving my son at home with my husband who works third shift. And so he's trying to sleep. He's trying to, and he's also back in school. He's been going back to get his degree. So it's just been, it's been awful. <laughs> it is hard. And I know that everyone says like teachers shouldn't be babysitters. Well, guess what? I kind of planned my career and my husband planned going back to school around when my son would be in school, because then we don't have, like my daughter's still in daycare, but we kind of, you plan your life around these things. So as much as everyone says like, oh, you know, teachers aren't babysitters eh, a little bit, they at least help us out a little bit. We figure out life based on when our kids are going to be in school. So it's impossible. Like for those of you who 
received my Christmas card this year, you probably noticed that my hair is super gray. Um, it's just been, it's, it's hard and it keeps you up at night and it makes you sick some days thinking about how you're going to make it work and how will my kid come out of this? Will he know how to read? Like, it's just, it's, it's so hard because as a mom, like at least for me, my first and most important job is being a mom and it's making sure that my kids are well and that they are thriving. And if something isn't right, that I can do something about it. And right now I can't do anything about it. Like the school is deciding when they will go back or when they won't. So you feel completely helpless while you watch your children struggle and there's nothing you can do about it. So it's, it's awful. Yeah. It sounds like it. Like I, I really do feel for you. Um, I also relate to one thing that you just said, and that is that your my family will always take priority over my work. And I think that that's something that has either been like, like all the evidence has shown that this year. And I actually, I went back and listened to one of the episodes at the very beginning of this year when silly me thought that I would be traveling (laughs) one to two times per month with my my new child. Like what? That's a hard no. (laughs) That's a hard no. Um, But we do these things to ourselves. I think we like... I say we liberally just to make myself feel better, but I think we have the tendency to kind of expect our future selves to have it all together and like for us to be able to handle it all. And in reality, every year we have these like seasons of extreme challenge, you know, for you when you had to manage the homeschooling and going back to work full time. Um, we, we have these challenges and then we have these times of growth where it's like, okay, I can do this. I can figure it out. I'm going to get in the swing of things. And then we have these times of like grief and like misunderstanding and just like life feels impossible and I'm never going to get out of this and anxiety. And, um, and then, you know, it's just like it ebbs and it flows. And that's, I guess what life is about. But for me throughout all of this, it's been this idea. It's like, I still have to come home to my family. And if I don't prioritize like the, the contentment, the happiness of my son and my husband and like myself and what I need to feel like me, then nothing else in my work life is going to be satisfying or mean anything at all. I totally agree. Like I am definitely someone who works to live. I don't live to work. Um, My family is what I live for. So if I'm not happy at work and that's why I've left two park districts is because I wasn't happy there. And I know that I was bringing that home. I know that I was coming home and I wasn't being my best self for my kids or my husband. So I think recognizing that and knowing when it's time to walk away from a situation. But like you said, I mean, even at the beginning of the pandemic back in March, it wasn't work's fault that I was so stressed. It was, it was genuinely me. It was this fear. It was this anxiety 
that you didn't know what was coming. You didn't know when we would be allowed to go back to work. Will I have a job when Mm -hmm. I come out of all this? Because I have seen some of the best people in our field lose their jobs during this. So it's, it's been scary and knowing whether or not I'll be able to support my family. I mean, I always say that if God forbid the park district were to decide that they needed to, you know, let people go, I would go work at target. Like I've got to make money somehow, but, um, I mean, obviously I'd love to stay in the field and not have to leave, but it's been scary. I mean, watching some of the best people in the field and some of the best agencies have to let people go has just, it's been scary. It is scary. It is scary. It makes you just feel very unstable in your own life and, and kind of feeling like there's no solid ground. Um, yes. Like I said, it's that whole unknown and it's, I, I don't want to say that I'm a control freak, but I am a little bit and not having control over the situation is really, I think what was most unsettling is that, okay, I work my butt off at work when I am here, I am here. And when I'm at home, I'm at home and I work very hard in both of those settings to make sure that I am my best. And in the situation this spring, and even now, I don't have much control over it. Like it really comes down to, can the park district afford to still have me here? You know, it's not even in their control. It's the pandemic. It's our people spending money in our programs um, enough to keep everyone employed. So I think for me, a lot of it has been like, I haven't had control. I, you know, I can't, I can't make this better. I don't know. I can't do anything to change my situation other than being positive about it. Yeah. And it almost makes you wonder, did you ever really have control? Yes, probably not, (laughs) but you think you do. I mean, at least like you figure, okay, if I work hard and I'm nice to people and I'm good at what I do, I have control. No, probably not. No. Probably not. And I think that is, uh, it's a very revealing and it, I think what I would like to get out of this next year, you know, thinking about all of these different lessons that we've learned is like really for me. And I, this has taken me multiple years to, to come to the conclusion of is that I have no interest in I'm finally getting over this now that I'm about to turn 30. I have no interest (laughs) (laughs) in comparing myself to other people and other people's journey and other people's work and other people's priorities. And I I think think the best, I think the best thing that we can do is like realize what's important to us and to consistently choose to prioritize that. Well, and if it makes you feel any better, I'm 33 years old and I still, I don't think I've reached that point yet. I don't think that I've reached that point where I've stopped caring what people think. I think in certain situations, I don't care. Like when it comes to my son and his virtual learning, no, I don't care what anyone thinks about me. I'm doing what's best for my son and making sure that he gets the best education possible. So there's some situations I don't really care what people think, but I think especially in my career, I still compare myself to people. I compare, okay, I'm 33 years old and I'm still a rec supervisor. I did not think that I would 
be here. And so I make these crazy goals for myself, like, okay, I need to be a superintendent by the time I'm 35. But I think accepting that likely that's not going to happen and appreciating what I have in front of me right now, right now, I do have great work-life balance, which I know is kind of a myth. I think that there is no such thing as work-life balance, but I think that right now I've got the closest thing to it. So, uh, you know, kind of coming to terms with it's okay to not be where I thought I was going to be and just being happy where I'm at. Yeah. But can I push back on that a little bit? Cause I know we've had conversations around similar types of topics, but like, why do you still f- feel like you want or that you need to be at like that rec superintendent? Like, what do you get at that level that you don't get at your current role? That's a good question. Um, I think for me, at this point in my career, I am so much more about helping others and helping others in our field grow and others in my community grow. So I think for me, that rec superintendent level means that I wouldn't have to focus so much on my programs that I would be there to help other supervisors with their programs. You know, hey, bounce ideas off me. Let's figure out how to budget for it. So I feel like I'm kind of in a stage of life where I want to mentor people and I want to help them. And I do have those opportunities without the title for sure. But I feel like at least maybe I would be taken more seriously and that, um, and I, I think a lot of it is just the title it's, and I need to stop focusing on that so much and just be happy that I do have people who come to me for advice and they bounce ideas off me and they ask me for assistance with, you know, programming and things like that. But I think for me, it's, it's about helping others. And I feel like at my level right now, I love that I'm helping my seniors. I love that I'm helping, you know, kids at the beach and things like that. And kind of talking to, you know, the summer I had the opportunity to talk to the college kids while I was managing the beach and, giving them some perspective and, you know, things like that. But I feel like I want to help people in a different way. And I feel like being at a superintendent level is where I would get that. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I was curious. And I think what I, one thing that I heard in that is that like the idea that you are ready to kind of although you love your seniors and the public facing role, there's still pieces of that. I think anyone who works on parks and rec, you, you get into it because you love that, but then you kind of evolve and are ready to help, you know, your employees a little bit more and like, have that be your main priority. Yes. Yes. Like I'd love to help my coworkers and some of them do come to me for help. Some of we bounce ideas off each other, things like that, but it, I mean, ultimately then it comes down to like whether or not our superintendent says yes to something. So I feel like maybe having a little bit more, um, I don't want to say power, but maybe power is the right word, a little bit more power to push those ideas forward. You know, if someone comes to me with an amazing idea, I mean, ultimately it might fall flat at a higher level. So to kind of have that push to tell the higher ups, no, let them try this. This is a really good idea. Like let's, and I think some of it too, is just impacting the culture of my agency mm-hmm. um, and being able to have a little bit more pull in that way. Like in 
in season three, Jason L. Salde and I will talk about, um, about culture fit. And he explains how even at our rec supervisor level, we can make change within our culture, but I feel like you can make it throughout the whole agency, kind of the higher up you are. So, and that's why I kind of go back and forth about whether or not I ever want to be an executive director is, you know, I really want to make an impact on an agency, but I don't want to be involved in the politics. So, um, but yeah, I just want to help people. Yeah. Yeah. I think that there's a sweet spot for sure. Um, okay, cool. So I think as we are wrapping up, I think let's take a, let's do another episode around planning for this next year and what that looks like. And, and as we go through this, I'm realizing is like planning, how much use is there really? Because everything could change, but I do think that there's value in at least setting out your vision and your intention for the year. And then, you know, having that be kind of your North star, but anyways, wrapping up this episode, um, what do you think kind of went off course this year? And then, um, are you ready to like, let go of anything this past year that just did not suit you? Hmm. Interesting. Um, I really struggle with that question for some reason. Um, because again, this year I didn't really have any big ambitions or dreams. This year was kind of my just get things going year, kind of get my son through first grade, get my daughter through daycare, that kind of stuff. So I didn't really have big ambitions for this year, but I think I really want to next year, like all the plans that I had for my seniors work on that, make sure that I do get to bring some of those fun programs to them. I think that I've done my best to keep them engaged and give them things to do during the shutdown, especially because they're a group that hasn't been able to come back to our facilities very much, but, um, to really focus on that and to do what I can to do the things that I plan to do this year. Um, especially in the field of parks and recreation, I feel like we are very planned people, like Mm -hmm. especially park districts, we have to plan six months out. And like you said, it's hard to plan for what six months from now is going to look like. So that's kind of hard. Um, and I think for me, yeah, just let it, what I'm going to have to let go of is the idea or concept of planning for six months, having a plan A and having a plan B. So plan A is if we can be in person, plan B is if we can't. So kind of planning that way and doing what I can to still provide great things for not only my seniors, but my kids, my family, um, regardless of whether or not we have to be away from each other. Yeah. I love that. And it, it makes me think of just how, you know, you were talking about this year that you were just focused on getting your, your son through, you know, this virtual learning and going through school. And I just thought that is not a small thing. And like, when did it become such a, a hurt, like, um, like that is not enough, you know, a mom's job is so difficult by itself and then adding on this career element. And then now you've added on, um, you know, this community builder 
piece of it, like wanting to be active in your community. And now, you know, and then with the let's talk parks, it's like, there's so much already. And it's maybe just what I've realized. And even in this conversation is like, just the need to like, let go of just these constant goals that we put on ourselves. It's like, we don't always have to be moving on to the next thing. Maybe what we're doing is enough. Yeah. And honestly, I think I just needed to hear that. I think I needed to hear that sometimes just, and again, I shouldn't use the word just, um, doing what I, raising two little humans and enriching my community is enough. And that's what I should really focus on and make sure that I do each and every day. And yeah, there's going to be days that I don't, there's going to be days that you just, you can't. But I think that we as women and moms need to stop thinking that raising our children and working is not enough, that we could be doing more. We are doing amazing work right now. We are building the future and we need to keep that in mind while we're doing it and stop putting so much pressure on ourselves to do more than that. Mm, I feel that, Marissa. I feel it and I love it. Thank you so much for this conversation. Thanks for everything that you've done with the Let's Talk Parks podcast. And thanks for being you. And I can't wait to talk to you more in season three next year. It has been my pleasure. And thank you so much for the opportunity. Of course. Bye.